There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everybody. We're back. It's not a post-game show for Forever Mighty today. It is a off-season, look at what Bob Murray hasn't done show, or has done if uh, you feel like going after big name free agencies and what he wanted to do. But uh, we are joined by Eddie and Jason is joining the show. Welcome, Jason, live in the studio. Hi, how are you? How are you? (laughs) Good. If if nobody knows Jay, it's uh, it's unfortunate. (laughs) You're right. Uh, And it's because that probably means you don't listen to our other podcast, the Puck Guys, which Eddie joined, obviously. But um, so here we are. Talking yeah. ducks hockey in the middle of uh, 115 degree weather this weekend, which is beautiful. Stop talking about so uh, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we got a good show. We got an interview for the end of the show. So uh, Blake McLaughlin and Jack Perbix were kind enough to join Eddie and Jason and do an interview earlier this week. Uh, we'll go over ducks free agency, recap that, get you on to some trade targets, and then of course we'll answer any fan questions which we have loaded up from Twitter. And uh, we apologize for not being live. But uh, that'll be the next show once we clear up our internet issues. So far, so good. Eddie, kick the intro. Let's get this thing rolling. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry. Scoops. Corey Perry. Well, yeah, able to take away from Solani. It's getting away to Solani. Around in front. Go! Still such an awkward interview to do when I'm only one that can hear it is me. <laughs> so we're all just sitting there waiting for me to come out from from the interview. Or from the intro, you mean? The intro. Yeah, I'm. I it's a long day. Long day. <laughs> so let's get right to it. Let's talk about the free agency from Bob Murray's perspective about what could he possibly be thinking that he's doing. 
Uh, we all know from all the banter after the season from him saying to the media uh, how, you know, coming off about how pissed off he was and, and how he wanted to get younger and faster. And that's, you know, the way the league and he, that's what he needs, he needs to do to make change around here. Haven't seen a lot go into any of that. He's basically signed a bunch of guys that are going to be bottom six at best or playing the goals this year, guys. Um, thoughts just off the bat of what you guys kind of see what he's doing before we get it to each player. Yeah, not really much. I mean, he hasn't really kept on his promise, but I guess we kind of expected that to happen. I mean, the signings have been all bottom six guys and a couple bottom pairing defensemen, and that's pretty much it, a couple AHL deals. And no one is really that fast. I mean, maybe Chase DeLeo is fast. I I guess Brian Gibbons has some speed to him. Maybe Anton Rodin. I haven't seen a a lot of him because he's played most of his career in Sweden. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's a bit disappointing, but you look at some of the contracts that have been handed out to some of the top players in free agency, it's, I guess it's kind of a good thing we didn't go after you know, the, the big heavy hitters. But, yeah, it's, it's tough when he continues to preach change and, and you know, this is kind of all we got. And, and it's not really a huge step up from where we left off. Yeah, and I always feel like it's almost like a broken record uh, with him. It's, you know, th- things got to change. We didn't really like this. Out with uh, Boudreaux, I just didn't like the way the season ended that way. Throwing Carlisle, and then you know last season or you know the other season was uh, oh, Bernier was the problem, and uh, you know we gotta turn things around so people need to step up next year's prove me season. That season comes around, and disappointment sweep in the playoffs, and oh, big changes are coming. We need to get faster, younger, all that, and then we just go to free agency and lay that same egg that we do all the time uh, i mean he just sits back in free agency in my opinion and just waits for well can i grab this guy for a million can i grab that guy for 1.3 you know maybe i can just plug these guys in and it's like either let the youth come up and stop blocking them from doing it or live legitimately go out and make a big move if you can he's a little handcuffed with the contract he's already given out but do something because I'm tired. It's just a broken record last three seasons, but wait here for something significant. And other than Brian Miller coming in as backup, I can't see anything too significant that he's brought over in uh, free agency. And you know, it's, it's always been the, the bottom pairing defenseman that he's always liked to put the veteran guys on. Um, you want to get faster and you want to get younger. He didn't really do that at all. So we'll go across the board here and talk about the guys that he has brought on. Um, the first player that we'll talk about here is Anton Rodin. Um, Who? Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he played for Utica in the AHL. Oh. Uh, he's a winger. Uh, he also <laughs> played in Davos, over, and that's over in Sweden, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Eddie, you, you, you would know better yeah, than no I would. Cares. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, some people were saying they were kind of excited to see him come back over. But uh, to me, that's an AHL signing. I don't see him really making any impact on the big club. Yeah, I'd like to know who said they're excited with him coming back over. I mean, he's played, I think, three games with Vancouver and a couple with Utica, and that's it. The rest of his experience was early in his career in Sweden. I think he played in Switzerland last year for, like, eight games, and I think then it was an injury-riddled season for him. He's, I think he's 27, I believe. So, it, yeah, it's like I think it's a San Diego signing. Maybe he gets a couple call-ups just from his international experience that Duke plug him in on in a bottom six role and – Maybe he can make a difference. Uh, I mean, you never you never know with these guys. All the guys who come over from Europe, you see a lot of them pretty much every season. I think Buffalo signed a couple this year. Toronto did a few. Uh, you kind of just hope that they're that diamond hiding over 
in the SHL and they're going to come over and, and be a suitable player on your team. Maybe he can. I haven't seen enough of him in the NHL to, to really say that. I, I mean, it's a decent sign. It's a one year. You're not paying him too much to to kind of risk that maybe he turns out to be something. If he doesn't, then whatever. You, you play him in San Diego and you, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It's, and this is why I kind of thought when some of the signings were happening, oh, okay, they're bolstering the AHL because some of those guys, the younger ones, they may be trying to bring up to play in the big club, that sort of deal. But then you, you kind of look at some of the other ones too, and then you're like, okay, well, those guys are probably actually going to play in the NHL. Now he's kind of blocking whatever moves he's trying to make. I just I don't understand um, the excitement. Like Eddie said, it's like I've never heard yeah. of him. Um, and maybe he's fast, and maybe he's going to have some sort of speed to the bottom six. But moving on, the Ducks signed another goaltender. Uh, they were able to pick up Jared Carreau. Um, he's it's a it's a one year two way deal with the Ducks, so he's going to be back and forth from the AHL NHL level. But he didn't have very good numbers uh, the last time that he was able to see anything with a big club, and that was with Detroit. So uh, I don't know, just patting patting uh, the def- the goaltending down in the AHL is what it looks like to me. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think most of his experience has come in the AHL, and he played a handful of games over the last few seasons with Detroit, and his numbers weren't great. So I think he probably plays with Kevin Boyle. But, I mean, yeah, it's an uninspiring signing, but you add some goaltender depth. Of course, it's going to be Gibson and Miller. Then Kevin Boyle got re-signed earlier in the offseason, so bringing in a guy to, to kind of backstop there. And they're really making a push, I think. I mean, I think they want San Diego to be good. Um, as well as the Ducks, of course, but you know, with all the young guys coming into San Diego and then bringing in a lot of these bottom six guys that could be back and forth, it, it kind of helps them up. And I guess it gives you some freedom to maybe call up the young guys if they're playing well. If you want to like kind of put a positive spin on it, that you know maybe with all these these bottom six veteran guys coming in that could play in San Diego, if Sam Steele uh, just is too good for the AHL or Max Jones or even Josh Mahura, that you can give them a chance when you've got these guys to fill in. As far as all of those players you guys uh, named that just signed, I don't know who any of those guys are, and at this point I'm too <laughs> ashamed to ask. <laughs> Moving on, the Ducks picked up uh, forward Carter Rowney. Um, just three-year deal for him, $3.5 million. This is something that kind of sparked a little outrage on Twitter. It seemed like people were upset that he got paid a little bit. Uh, he had 12 points in 71 games last season. Um, I don't know a lot of his game. Eddie, do you know a lot about his game here you can tell anybody? No, but I don't get the outrage. I mean, you look at all the bad contracts we've given out. Why are we so worried about it? Any, any time that Bob yeah. does anything, you know, I've, I've been guilty of like, getting mad about it too. Yeah. But I don't know enough about this guy to uh, to be upset about it. I mean, he played parts of two seasons with Pittsburgh. That's pretty much all I know about him. Uh, he put up a dozen points, and he's 29. So, yeah. to me, he's a fourth-line player. He's going to be yeah. a bottom six forward if he plays in Anaheim at all. He's like an energy guy, but I think people, when they originally saw it, I think Eric Stevens put out was like three. He just said three years at 3.4. So I think people thought it might have been like a three by 3.4, and maybe that's where the panic came from. Because like at 1.1, I think it's just over that is what he's getting paid over three years. That's nothing. I mean, it doesn't really matter if he's getting you – know, it's not going to affect you on the cap, and he's still a guy you can play. So – I yeah I don't see if the outrage was over like if everybody knew it was one point one then that's a, you know you're getting a little bit too antsy for no reason but he yeah he'll he'll probably play fourth line with Gibbons and Richie or whoever they decide to put down there or he, or he could go down to San Diego if if he clears waivers. 
Another guy who's coming up to the Ducks, Ben Street. He's a center. He played 428 games in the AHL, scored 357 points. Seems like he's going to be going straight back to the AHL. I don't, I don't imagine him coming up into the Ducks' bottom six. You guys have any thoughts on Ben Street? I know, I know the name. That's that's the thing, and I just don't know because the, the, the last name Street is pretty. Uh, it's easy a pretty to common recognize. word. <laughs> a pretty common word uh, to see, but uh, I feel like I've, I've heard of him. And he, he might have been something that was talked about a long time ago, but pretty much barely played in the NHL. Has he played in the NHL? I don't know his stats. <laughs> oh, man. I'll have to go back and double check. I, just know he's I don't think so. He's got a lot of NHL numbers. You don't think he's played at all? Okay. Because I, I feel like I've heard the name, but uh, once again, it was just, yeah. Ah, uh, this guy's here. <laughs> yeah. No, he'll, yeah, he'll play probably the entire season in San Diego. I don't see how he gets up over over guys like Chase DeLeo, who they, they just traded for, Kali Kosala or Sam Steele. I don't see how he gets a call-up over any of those guys. So here's a speed player the Ducks brought on, Brian Gibbons, as we mentioned here a couple of times already. Uh, 125 NHL games spread over across three seasons. He's got 48 points. Uh, he started on a high end in the beginning of uh, the season last year. He actually led the Devils in points over Taylor Hall, uh, or goals, rather, I think, over Taylor Hall. But uh, Taylor Hall clearly would take that back and, of course, won MVP. What was that like over the first uh, five games? He had I was in the first like, three months. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's a good fourth-line guy, from my understanding. Uh, he brings energy and speed. So Ooh. that's like the scouting report out on him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's really going to move the needle. I think there's like a there's a good upside opportunity here if he's able to. I mean, if he pots 20 goals this season or 15 goals this season, I'm going to call that a win. How old is he? Uh, he's 29 or 20, yeah, he's like, he's like 29, 30. I think he's like right around that age. So it's not like, it's it's like too old. Yeah, it's a one. Is that like deal. a Jason Chabert thing? He's 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 a, he's a little faster. Showed some signs at some point in his career, and now we're going to give him a shot. He's 30. Yeah, like I, I think it's mil. it's kind of close to like, but Jason Chimera was like he's thirty seven, so it's like yeah, it's like four years ago. Jason Chimera was like a pretty good player to put on your fourth line. I think the difference with Brian Gibbons is like he was a good player last year on the fourth line for New Jersey, and he, like that was like his coming out party. And the only risk here is can he do that again with a different team? Um, you know, he was kind of relied upon a bit, and I think he was given some more opportunities to play. Uh, more, probably more minutes than he'll get in Anaheim when he was in New Jersey, so we'll see if he can do that. But I think he's a guy like like what Derek Grant was for the Ducks last year, where you can kind of pop him wherever you need him. If you need him to play second-line minutes, you can. If you need him to play third or fourth, then he'll do that. And I think you're not going to hear it too much. But he's not going to you know, be a flashy guy, but for what you got him for, for a year, if he puts up 25, 30 points, I, I think it's a win. Kind of interesting, yeah. though. He's a right wing, and the Ducks... They already got a bunch of right wingers, so he's all over the place. Wing. Though I think, like I, I mean, think you already got like a... you already got Eves, you got Perry, you got Kasha, you got Silverberg, and now you have Gibbons. It's kind of yeah. like where are you going to put this guy if he's going to play in the NHL? I mean, left I wing. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if he's going <laughs> to. A lot of guys don't like playing on their off wing, though. It's just kind of a, a stylistic thing where they play. Hmm. So I don't know. Just interesting. Um, he's not a. I know we've been talking a little bit about the possibility of Jacob Silverberg being traded. He's not a Silverberg replacement to me. I nope. think Silverberg's a little yeah. more valuable, so or a lot more valuable. But uh, that's also pending a. a uh, you're talking about an extension for Silverberg. He's going to need one here in, I think, a season or so. So interesting to see where this guy's going to fit in the lineup. Um, now we got the guys that we've all heard of, but are not really happy about 
coming over to the Ducks, unfortunately. Uh, these are just depth guys go, though. So it's just, I guess I'm more disappointed, I should say, that it's not an impactful player. It doesn't move the needle too much more either way when you're talking about a bottom pairing defenseman. But Luke Shin signs a one-year deal with the Ducks. Um, Wrong Shen, right? Yeah, not yeah. Yeah, right. Not Brady. <laughs> I would take Brayden in a heartbeat, yeah, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't care if he plays defense or not. He can just roam or whatever. Um, Luke Shin. Big guy, slow. Uh, <laughs> these next two guys we're talking about, they're essentially... You're talking about foot speed, yeah, slow, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, we're talking... These are replacements for BX and Boschman. Uh, they're just younger. And uh, it's just, to me, it, it doesn't really matter. It's just like Bob always wants these guys in the lineup for whatever reason. I wasn't thrilled about it, but honestly, I'm not angry about it. I just knew he was going to do it. It's kind of like, all right, man, whatever. It's a blue light special. Yeah, that's what he's going to do. Yeah. yeah. If it's one guy, like, I don't think they both play because I don't, I, like, he, Randy Carlisle likes to play three left and three right, and I don't see them playing Shen and Suster on the same pairing. On the bottom pairing, I feel like Patterson or Larson probably gets a chance, and then one of these guys, probably Shen, is the spare one. I, yeah, I just, I think it's, it's essentially you're replacing BX and Boschman with younger versions of themselves and that they're not going to be really impactful and they're, they're going to be, I guess, a negative on the ice. I mean, you look at their possession metrics and they're not great. Uh, Shens are awful, but he played in Arizona last year, so I, I, I can understand that. But there were some good guys a little bit better than them. I mean, Greg Pattern went to Minnesota um, and, and I think he would have been a better addition to bring in if you could have got him. Obviously, uh, I guess Minnesota appealed to him a little bit more than Anaheim did, but there were some different options you could have gone with out there on the bottom pairing side of things that maybe would have been better than these guys. But it's a one-year deal. It's not like we signed Shen for three years and we have to worry about it like an awful contract. So if it doesn't work out, bury him in the minors or just uh, you just don't resign him next year and you move on. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's- one of them is going to play, and it's probably going to be Schuster. I can't imagine yeah. being, having Shen be the guy that's in there the whole time. Yeah, because I feel like uh, I, you know, like Luke Shen, I think was signed by the Kings, like I guess like two years ago or something like that, and they immediately yeah. said like, ah, we got him. He'll play in the minors. Uh, so yeah. I, I kind of feel like it's a, a guy that, unless it's a team that's struggling for any sort of uh, leadership or experience, uh, which uh, the Ducks, even though all although are young on defense, have plenty of experience. I feel that he doesn't really crack it, Schuster. Although I would uh, like them maybe a few years back now. Uh, I mean, he's six foot seven. That's probably his best attribute. Uh, you know, he's more of a shutdown type of guy. He doesn't really score many goals. I think he's got 10 in his career. Uh, but at the same time, he's a gentle giant. So he's a big guy. And if you're expecting, you know, a, a bruiser or someone that's going to, you know, hurt you in front of the net, that's not really his style. So it's, you know, again, underwhelming. Just, you know, we're going to fill out the bottom in case someone gets injured. Other than that, the you know it's you know it's not blowing my skirt up. He didn't play for the Kings though. He didn't. Arizona, Arizona, Toronto, Philly, and Anaheim. I swear, some Shen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought he. You Maria. said that, and I felt like he did, but I guess. Maybe no, I remember that. Yeah, it was Arizona the last two seasons, and then I thought he he got a shot at least with the Kings at some point. Kings. But yeah, I'm gonna look that up. All right, I told you to look. But he's getting paid <laughs> um, eight hundred grand. So yeah. he's going to be so in the age. minors. Yeah, yeah, he's playing in the minors. Yeah. You don't get paid. It's just that and playing the NHL. Or right. a seventh I, guy. I, like he, he could be like a holster kind of thing. So Braden Shen is the, the one guy who's a beast. Uh, was drafted well, yeah, he by drafted the by the Kings. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only Shen. All right. Well, oh. then me and Eddie are off. But I swear Shen got live recently too. So huh. 
right. Maybe I'm crazy. Let me look. Okay. So Cap Friendly didn't show that. At least I didn't see it. Let me. You guys are driving me nuts. Now we've dedicated a portion of the show to finding out if we're right. You guys are right. Hey, we had to figure it out. I don't care if it's on the show. We had to figure it out. It was going to drive me nuts. Off record. It's fine. Whatever. It's all good. No one's listening. So let's get on over to Andre Schuster. Um, he's going to be Francois Beauchamp. That That's essentially what he's taking over. Uh, Beauchamp was a regular constantly last season, and he actually kind of was slotting when, when Beauchamp needed a break um, or someone was hurt. So I feel like that's going to be the new the new way that it's going to go. You're going to bring in a veteran guy who's gigantic, six foot seven, um, like Jason said, gentle, gentle, gentle giant, giant, gentle, giant. Mental midget. And, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, that's going to be the player that we're going to see slot in. As you know, consistently with like you said, Eddie, with Wilinski, Patterson, whoever they're going to throw in that bottom, the Ducks top four. Um, that's pretty much solidified, right? Cam Fowler, yeah. Brandon Montour, Slano, Josh Manson. Yeah. So now that we've gotten to know all these free agents, um, they, they've always want this veteran presence. When the hell is it going to be enough uh, for Cam Fowler to be, to be considered a leader on this team? I, I don't understand how yeah. he's not that guy. We need veterans, okay? Cam Fowler's played a hell of a lot of hockey in his career. I mean, we always look at his baby face. We think he's like 19 <laughs> years old. That kid's like 25, almost 26. And they always talk about bringing a veteran guy. I'm like, what are you talking You don't need any more veterans on this team. That's what he said for Luke Shen. He said he brought him in because he has NHL experience and he's like a leader. So I see like leadership capabilities. I don't see how he has more leadership capabilities than Cam Fowler or even Josh Manson or to even some extent Hampus Lindholm. I don't see how... He's a better leader, can lead the blue line better than these three guys that have been here for their entire career. Yeah, how, how did that work for John Tortorella and uh, and Dean Lombardi with the World Cup of Hockey when they brought uh, in their, their yeah. yeah they brought in their uh, <laughs> what do they call it their something of caring we have a oh culture a culture, culture. Of caring yeah. 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 culture you like that word <laughs> yeah and I don't understand why they need all this leadership coming from the, you know the defensive end I mean I feel like there's plenty of leadership when it comes to Getzloff he leads by not only uh, you know in the locker room from all accounts you know he's there he kind of holds guys accountable holds himself accountable his self accountable and goes out there and actually produces as one of the top forwards on the team. So it's like, uh, how much more odd leadership are you going to bring in on a guy in a one-year contract who's not used to playing for this team? Oh, he's a leader. We got leadership. We're good. Thanks. Bring in someone that's going to put up points. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's So, I mean, where do you guys grade free agency then? I mean, Bob didn't really do anything – that we expected, or that we didn't expect. I kind of expected him to move somebody to make that change. Apparently, trading Perry and his gigantic contract, difficult, go figure, and I'm sure Bob doesn't want to retain salary. But, I mean, I just kind of give it a, a C minus, D plus. It's like, yeah, it's you're not really doing anything. And if his focus is to sign these restricted free agents, he wants to give them that money and then plan for next year, I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with it. Let the kids play. That's what we've been saying forever. Let, it, let the kids play and let this team get younger. Don't go out and, and swing for a, uh, a high-cost a, a free agent that's just not going to help your team. Yeah, I, I would give it like a C- minus and then maybe wait and see what he signs Montour, Cash, and Richie for and, and see what those deals kind of work out as. If those are good deals, then maybe bump it up. And even that might be a little bit low if you look at 
some of the contracts that were given out to the top free agents. I, I don't think I'd want to be a part of any of those, barring maybe David Perron, but I think we all know he took a discount to go back to St. Louis. So there really was no deal. I was like, ah, damn, you know what? They could have got that one. I mean, maybe recently Anthony Duclair went to uh, Columbus for the league minimum. Like I said earlier, Greg Pattern would have been a good addition, but the, the big-name guys... Just way too much money. I mean, look at JBR. He went for five by seven. Like, there's no way the Ducks were going to be able to fit that in there. So, yeah, a C minus, maybe, maybe C plus at the most. Okay, so we got C minus, maybe C plus. What was your spot? Uh, D plus. I'll D go plus. with. I'll go with. I'll, I'll just go with C minus. I'm right there with that. Yeah, All right, uh, I'm going to go far lower. I'm going to go <laughs> D minus. Uh, I'm going D minus for a couple of reasons. One, I'm just tired. Believe me, I, I'm the optimist between you and me, Pat. You know this. Uh, and so I've been waiting for uh, Bob Murray to, to you know, do, cash in on his word or whatever he says. And yeah. it never seems to come. And there's always a reason. There's always an excuse. And then the team that goes out there tweaks. And then all of a sudden at the end of the season, there's another excuse or another reason it didn't work. Tired of hearing it. Uh, for three years, I've been optimistic, and I'm no longer that way. Uh, you brought up Duclair. I thought he would have been a great addition for a low cost. I mean, he's under a million. He's got speed, something to prove, had one good season, but he's still young enough to really kind of impact the team and, you know, and, and fast enough that the Ducks wanted to do. I don't like, you know, uh, uh, Grabner going to Arizona, although three, three million might be a little steep, three years, that sort of deal. I feel, I mean, if you're going to make an impact, that's a low cost with a possibility of a high reward. I feel he missed out on some of those. He's signing defensemen that are not going to help or be impactful anyway. So he's pretty much just sat pat and loaded up the AHL for a while. And then who knows, you know, like sometimes he goes into the season and, you know, makes a, a great trade. Uh, Vatnin for Henrique, good trade. Uh, so that can still kind of change it. But as far as this offseason to date, I say D minus. He's done nothing what he said he's going to do, and he's missed out on opportunities. He could have probably gotten uh, better players than than what he's been signing. So now we're going to have to turn our heads and look at how he's going to sign Brandon Montour. Brandon Montour decided for salary arbitration um, this summer, and I mean, fairly standard. Do you know the process for that, Eddie? Like how long it could actually go? It is standard, but is there like a time limit on this? I don't. It goes know. like I, hearing, I, right? You know, arbitration hearing. Yeah, I, I think the hearing, I, like, a lot of guys signed before the hearing, so there's a good chance he could get it done. But I believe I believe when Lindholm and was it Raquel, when they went through it, they didn't file for arbitration, I don't think, because they couldn't. I don't think they're eligible, so it went like really long because I think it went into the, into the regular season. Montour will be done by then because if they don't sign before arbitration, it will get done. So I guess, I mean, that can be a good thing, but you know, you've heard in the past that's uh, you know, sometimes arbitration isn't a good thing because a lot of the negatives come out. I mean, the, the team's trying to get a team-friendly deal, and, of course, the player and the agent are trying to get the deal that works for them. So they're going to be spelling off all the good things that Montour does, and the team's going to have to point out a lot of the negatives he has in this game, which doesn't necessarily always go down well. I mean, I still think it's going to get done. I would hope it gets done, though, before arbitration. I mean, that's always the prettiest situation is to kind of get the contract done before then. But we've really heard no reports if they're even close or what the figure is or, or whatnot. I'm sure they're, they're working out whether they're going to do a bridge deal or if they're going to do a long-term deal. Um, I don't know. I mean, you look at Raquel's contract. That was great for the team. Maybe not so much for, for Ricard Raquel. Uh, if they can get something like that done in like a five-year deal at a low value, then that would be great. But 
you know, I think Montour probably gets around four if he gets a four million if he gets a long term deal, or maybe around two and a half if it's a bridge deal. Yeah, I always I find that weird because I think they have to go like in front of a judge who, who uh, presides over it and then kind of gives a final verdict on it, yeah. and then you know uh, it's almost like the prosecution, the defense. And they sit there and just blast each other, and that <laughs> never ends well in a, no. in a relationship. To come point out everyone's fault, and then try to go, well, but he does all this stuff good. Nah, that's not important. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, it's obviously not something anyone really wants to to get into. It gets mucky and dirty, and doesn't sit well, uh, you know, for future signings, that sort of deal. I mean, each side gets ninety minutes to make their case, and then there's a ten minute <laughs> ten minute rebuttal for each. Oh, yeah, and these should take place in end of July. <laughs> so we're gonna find out here in a couple of weeks because the yeah. after the hearing. Uh, it's asked to be released within 48 hours. I hate a lot of people. I don't feel like I could talk for 90 minutes about how bad they are. <laughs> well, the way it's kind of going to go is they're going to say, I mean, if you're the Ducks and they want to be, you know, try to get them down on the number, I really feel it's going to be, well, hey, you only started doing really well when you started playing with Cam Fowler. Cam Fowler's yeah. lifting your game. This is the reason why your numbers are inflated from prior years. And then Brandon Montour's rebuttal is going to be, well, look at all these other RFAs that got paid X amount after they put out numbers like this. So players always use signings that recently happened with comparables. And then always what happens on the team side is they try to bury the player by saying he's, he's basically being towed around by a better player. Could this totally yeah. be like a new revenue stream for the NHL? They televise it. Oh, they sell no. tickets. You have to sit it's in there. Brutal. And then it would be like a Jerry Springer thing. Like someone says, oh, yeah, well, you only were good because of Cam Fowler. Oh, dude. <laughs> You know how brutal that would be, though? Because like, they're just yeah. airing all the crap out on It feels like dirty terrible. laundry almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they oh, just yeah. say horrific things, right? About the, I mean, they criticize you. Like, oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'm sure the player will point out something he does well, and then they're just writing it down, sitting there, like, waiting to come back with like something that proves that they were wrong or that can spin it away that it ends up being a positive for the team and getting a, a better contract because – yeah, I mean, it could get ugly. I mean, I, I, last year, I don't remember the player. I think it was in Winnipeg, so maybe it was Jacob Truber or somebody. But they were like, there was reports that came out like he was really upset with some of the things that the team ended up saying about him. Yeah, and that makes it like, like Jason said, it's like that doesn't really help you with future negotiations no. whatsoever. It might, might solve the immediate problem, but you start looking down the road like, hey, all those things we said about you in the last one, we were just joking. You turned out pretty good. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, things are good now, right? We have no problem. We have we're no still, problems we're still bros. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, because they have $9 million in cap space. The Ducks have yeah. always been, it's obviously that team that doesn't spend to the cap, but they have recently. The last, yeah, last few years. Um, they have basically gigantic contracts with their top-end players or guys that rely upon with Perry, Kessler, and Getzloff. Getzloff really earning the keep there. Kessler... I mean, the injuries are unfortunate. You can't predict those. Um, and they just gave Cam Fowler a boatload of money, which I wasn't really happy about when they signed him into that extension. Um, I felt like they didn't need to give him that cash, but now they did. So they've got a lot of money tied up long term. Uh, do you guys see them making any plays for any free agents or any other uh, trade targets? I mean, a target that I would like to see, and I know it's really far-fetched, is like a Jeff Skinner trade. Uh, of course, Skinner would have to prove it over, but is there anybody else you guys would think that the Ducks would like to target or you would like to see him target? I mean, in free agency, the only one left is Pat Maroon, and I think uh, we all kind of want to avoid going back to to that uh, to that guy. I mean, the contract that he's looking for is not that great, and he's kind of the opposite of what at least Bob Murray said the Ducks are looking to, to get. 
But, I mean, in trade, yeah, the, the names that have been going around are Jeff Skinner, like you said, Wayne Simmons, uh, because Philadelphia brought in JVR, so they have to re-sign him at the end of next season. Uh, Max Pacioretty's name is still out there, but Montreal is going to be looking for a defenseman, and I'm sure the guy at the top of their list is Brandon Montour. Maybe now with all the signings with Luke Shen and Andre Schuster, then maybe they can move a guy like Jakob Larson as much as I'd like to see him play to a team that needs defense. So... A lot of names out there, but the prices are varying. I mean, there was a trade apparently with Pacioretty that the Kings were almost completed and then it just fell apart. Um, so there's there's a lot of working parts. I'd love to see them bring in Wayne Simmons. I think he would be perfect and uh, be a huge asset to the power play for, for the Ducks, which has struggled over the last few seasons. He kind of replaces Corey Perry in the role that Perry used to have on the Ducks power play where he'd go to the net and create havoc. Wayne Simmons can still do that. Uh, but all of these guys are UFAs next year. So they're essentially rentals. I mean, Skinner's a UFA, Simmons is a UFA, and Patch already. So it'd be interesting to see how they work that out. Yeah, and uh, Bob Murray's not big on the rental type. So yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a little tough to, to see any him trading any assets that teams are going to want for these players uh, unless he, you know, changes his, you know, his MO and uh, really kind of just tries to go all in for this season. I mean, other than that, there might be a trade possibility with uh, Panarin, the bread man. But, I mean, once again, that's still kind of a, a, um, something that's just not really something the Ducks can kind of swing as far as financially. I mean, that guy's going to get paid. He, he did well in Chicago. He's like, oh, well, you're in Chicago. He goes to Columbus and just kills it there, too. So now he doesn't want to stay with Columbus. Now what are you going to do? I mean, the, the guy can play anywhere and play well. It'd be nice to get him. But I, I do like Simmons. My only fear is that he's coming in, and if Eves is coming back, Eves did a really good job in front of the net on the power play, same as Kessler. So if there's some way Kessler can be in there, uh, and also Eves, it kind of makes Simmons a little bit less attractive uh, as far as a power play opportunity or a power play uh, punch. And you're not getting any younger when you bring in Wayne Simmons. Yeah. You're bringing guys 29, played a lot of hard miles on on, uh, what if you get Perry 2.0? Right, you don't want to yeah. have that risk. I mean, Simmons is a great player, and it's he's put up good numbers. I mean, he's put up JVR numbers, right? Yeah, and JVR yeah. got paid. Well, so he's looking at the same age. Right? So, I mean, they're both, I believe, late twenties. Patrady and Simmons. So you bring both of them in. You bring one of each of them in, and you you have the same worry that yeah, they could do it for one season, but if you sign them for five, six, seven years, that they're probably going to be in the same position Corey Perry is in now. They're both 29, you're right. So yeah. the thing that's funny about the Columbus Blue Jackets with Artemi Panarin is he didn't even – I don't think he even said trade. Yeah. He just didn't want to sign an extension. Yeah. So then they like, oh, now oh, well, if you're not going to sign it now. We don't want to wait till the end of the next year. We're going to trade you now. We need to get rid of you. Like yeah. The idea that you have to get rid of like a top-end talent like that because he doesn't want to worry about an extension right now is so asinine to me. Like Let him build his value and then offload him at the deadline if you're not competitive or if you can't retain him by then. But like, why are they panicking? Like It's like – you have a good young team in Columbus. I mean, Seth Jones is a beast. Bobrovsky, Borinsky's on that team. And yeah, you want to keep Pinterin, but I just don't understand GMs. They just get all crazy. Like, oh, I need to get, I need to do something now. Well, I mean, he's a UFA, though, I think, at the end of next season. So I, I kind right. of get it because, like, you don't want to lose a guy like that for nothing. And, of course, trading him now rather than at the deadline, you're going to get way more for a full season of Artemi Panarin than you are for half a season. Um, I mean, of course, they want to keep him if they you know, they think they're going to be able to make a run, and I'm sure they do build off what they did last year. But 
it's a tough situation to be in as a GM when you're like, you know, this guy probably doesn't want to come back. You know, if he doesn't want to sign an extension now, that's usually when it gets done. I mean, look at Drew Doughty. You, you lock these guys down in advance to make sure they come back. So I would, uh, yeah, I would, I would think they'd want to get it done. don't like playing in the middle of the country. They only have playing the coast. They want to go to the big city. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Same thing with that. Yeah. Panarin is just that, uh, I, I, Columbus maybe should hold on to him rather than try and get rid of him now, my opinion, because a lot of times you can get inflated value uh, when a team is that desperate to compete, uh, especially like if you look at the West Coast and, uh, you know, the Kings, you know, loading up with Kovalchuk and, you know, the Sharks kind of missed out. I mean, you could probably find a suitor that will give you a whole lot if they really feel that guy's going to really kind of push them that last little bit. So sometimes, in my opinion, I think on this particular one, see if it can help your team get into the playoffs. You're in a position to make the playoffs. Maybe you don't, but if it looks like there's a question there or it's not really going to happen, then maybe you pull the trigger and really kind of almost start that a little bit of a rebuild, in my opinion. And for the Ducks, it's going to cost them to bring in any one of these guys. It's Which is why be, they should have signed some people. It's going to cost <laughs> them a lot of money. They're, they're going to have to move. I mean, they would have to move, like, Nick Ritchie. Uh, they would have to move Jacob Silver, most likely. And how do you guys feel about Adam this. Henrique? Love him. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think that's the least likely one, right? sold on him, actually. Why 100% sold. 100% sold. I want to see what you see what he did to Botman in that one game. Yeah, that was a great thing. All right, he's a duck forever. He's a duck forever. He has to be. Well, I mean, isn't it funny that we've heard like extensions are like they're in talk with extension for Henry, but we've heard nothing on Jakob Silverberg. Yep, exactly. That's that's kind of the thing that I was getting at. Is like, so they put the wrong guy up. Like Murray's publicly said that they're already talking extension with Henry, and like you said. Nothing for Silverberg, but they both have one year left in their deal. I think yeah. Silverberg's a little bit less um, consistent. Like, I mean, yeah. he, he's got the talent; it's there. You, you just you're hoping to see it every game, and, and he shows spurts of it, and then he'll go on a drought for ten, fifteen games. You're like, oh my god, where's this guy gone? And it's like Henrik can play up and down the lineup, and he's fairly consistent in what he's going to put up. So I can yeah. see their frustration a little bit at Silverberg not quite being the consistent player they're looking for. Uh, short of shootouts. Yeah, I think you know what you're going to get out of Adam Henrique. So it's it's like, well, let's let's get the guy locked down. We know we can get. And then I feel like the Silverberg situation is kind of similar to what they did with Kyle Palmieri, where they knew they weren't going to be able to be able to resign him to a long term deal. He's going to demand too much money, and they just traded him. Uh, I don't know if the same thing is going to happen to Silverberg, but I really don't think they can give both Henrique. Uh, and Silverberg a raise. I mean, I would assume Henrik's going to get a little bit more than four, which he's making now, and I would I would assume Silverberg also gets more than the three point seven five that he's getting. And with again Montour, Richie, and Cash's contracts coming in this season, um, I, I just don't see how it gets done. I feel like you have to kind of move one of them eventually. And with Silverberg and Henrik both being restricted or unrestricted free agents at the end of next season. Whether it's in the off season now to get one of these players, or if it's at the deadline, if you're not doing well, I think you can't sign both. They're both pretty much the same age. Silverberg yeah. turns uh, 28 in October, and Henrique just turned 28. In, no, uh, Silverberg's not 28. So he's 27. Yeah. Right? He I, I honestly thought he was younger than Henrique, but I thought uh, it was like 24. No, he's born October 13, 1990, my friend. Did you get that from Wikipedia? <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I can remember him yeah, being like so, so young when we got him. He might be the guy that's being shocked. 
And then maybe you're going to bring a kid up to take a spot or whatever they're going to do in that situation will be interesting. Before we move on, though, because I want to talk about Eric Carlson a little bit because uh, some quote-unquote <laughs> reporter online or information guy or uh, whatever you call insider decided uh, to, uh, to spark a conversation that got people talking, which I immediately was like, thought that was laughable. But Brandon Montour, the NHL, not the Ducks, made a mistake and took him off the roster. Which sparked all kinds of craziness on Twitter, but <laughs> something's happening, something's happening. I was like, yeah, maybe it looks like something's happening, and it turns out they initially go, oh, we just goofed. Sorry, we took him off your <laughs> How do you accidentally do that? The worst timing, too. Like, right, like, <laughs> when the arbitration information's coming out, they, like, and, and trade rumors can be flying, they take him off the roster. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing to say. That's a weird mistake to make. Yeah. I don't get yeah. it. I don't understand how that happens. I didn't need to delete him. That's my bad. Yeah. All right. Oops, oops. Oops. This guy, delete. Oh, he's one of all players. Yeah, that's so weird. But uh, I don't know if you guys know who Jimmy Murphy is, but I've interacted, interacted with him a few times on Twitter. Oh, you uh, have? You actually talked to him? Yeah, well, it's not like it's anything. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's wrote back to He me. got back to you? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. He comes back and talks crap all the time. <laughs> but he's... He likes to consider himself a reporter, and if you guys want to know who our other special guest was, that's Eddie's daughter in the background. Hi. Uh, <laughs> everyone's got family around today. Yeah. So, Jimmy Murphy and his ramblings are just always interesting. He he had a thing two seasons ago about Hampus Lindholm um, being shopped by Bob Murray, and Travis Yost from uh, TSM was like, that's horse shit. There's no <laughs> way that's even happening. I have information that says otherwise, and it's not going on. And then Jimmy Murphy just they went back and forth. On doubles it. down on yeah, it. Yeah, doubles <laughs> down on it. And now he comes out and says the Ducks were a team in on Eric Carlson, which everyone was like, are what? you insane? Like, the Ducks would <laughs> never bring in Eric Carlson. That doesn't yeah. make any sense in the Ducks' plans to get one younger because um, he's, I think he's like he's 28. And you, I mean, you take him on if you can. Absolutely. Right, you take Eric Carlson no matter what. But what the, are they? They aren't going to move out all their young pieces. The, the Ducks no. would have to jump through so many damn hoops to and make then that convince work. Eric Carlson to move to California, yeah. which maybe he doesn't want to do. You know, so. hey, hey, that, and then uh, he's you know you have to trade him, and it's a rental, and so you'd have yeah. to hope you'd have to resign him after that. And who knows if he even want to do that? I just uh, the, the eighty billion things wrong with that. I can only think of uh, seventy nine and a half right now. I think the only way you would have got him is if it was like a pure rental because I think he's only making like six something right now. So if you move out Silverberg back to Ottawa, maybe Montour and complete some package around that, then yeah, you can make it work this off season. But there's no way you can sign him to like a doughty like extension for seven or eight years. It's just not happening. They can't fit it in the cap. You'd have to find some way to, to move out to Corey Perry's contract or Ryan Kessler's contract. And even even then, that might not be enough to to get that under the books. And is that something you even want to do at this point? I mean, the Ducks have a lot of young guys coming up. Why? I mean, it's a tough argument because, yeah, like, why would you not want to bring in the best defenseman in the hockey Everyone wants Eric Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think, like, for the Ducks, it just doesn't make sense. And I love that Lisa Dillman came out and just shut Jimmy Murphy down again. I mean, it's, every time he puts something out, it seems like somebody reputable comes out and just shuts him down. Who shut him down this time? Lisa Dillman, uh, the oh, yeah, she, LA, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's like, yeah, just so everyone knows, the Ducks are not in on Eric Carlson. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the the, the annoying part, the only the only way I kind of admire the guy a little bit is that uh, if he's actually just trolling and he's doing an amazing job of it, 
because uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Everyone obviously wants Carlson, so everyone could be interested, but there's, uh, you know, uh, out of uh, 30 possible teams you could go to, 26 of them can't pull it off. So why is this even a conversation that we have to have? The guy annoys me. <laughs> he wants to be Eklund. I don't know about you. Like, that's what he, he wants to be Eklund. But Eklund's an idiot. Who's no Eklund? One, no one knows. Sorry. So is Jimmy Murphy. I mean, he wants to He wants to be Eklund. He wants to put out the rumors and then have some people actually believe him and then also have like people just hate him and, and tweet at him. So I, I tweeted at him the other day about this whole thing about the Ducks being in on Eric Carlson. And then, and then uh, I said, yeah, after the shit he got into with Travis Yost, I'm surprised he has any followers. He replied directly back and said, who said the stars were on Eric Carlson before the Athletic? Oh, good night. Like he thought like that he, he thought it. He got me. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he got you. Yeah, he got you for yeah. sure. And then he wrote back also <laughs> after that because Travis Yost has as much respect in the hockey world as a toilet seat, which I don't believe for a second oh, about gosh. that at all. Um, but yeah, he's a content creator uh, for the Boston Bruins. Like he like has his own show. Whatever, another reason so. to hate Boston. Yeah, another reason to hate Brad Marchand. <laughs> Jimmy Murphy likes you, sir. It's the only other reason. That's actually a really Boston name. Jimmy Murphy. Jimmy Murphy. Jimmy Murphy. It's like Charlie Murphy. <laughs> Charlie Murphy. Murphy. We need to hear the, the Boston accent again. Right, oh, I got, yeah. I'm done with that today. So let's, before we get to the interview, get to our fan questions. Chase on Twitter says, what do you think the Ducks would have to give up in a trade for Jeff Skinner or Wayne Simmons? We just kind of talked about it. But they would have to give up. Honestly, I, I fear the Hurricanes. You're probably looking to get back a defender at this point, would you think? Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I think so. they would have to look for a defenseman. And everyone always wants one of the Ducks' young guys. So you're probably looking at Brandon Montour being being shopped away. Didn't, or maybe didn't Carol, even, sorry, didn't Carolina lose to Han, right? He, no, no, he Carolina, came to Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think. I don't think I think Montour is even a little bit like too much for a guy who is a rental. I mean, he he's a UFA. All of them are UFAs, especially Skinner, Skinner and, and Wayne. Simmons. It would have to be a thing where you get more if the Ducks were able to work out an extension prior to the trade. Yeah, and I don't think you can give up like you have to give up cap to bring any of these guys in with the fact they're so close. Like I feel like Jakob Silverberg probably has to be a part of any of these deals, and then maybe you just like and, and it's like you know Skinner and Simmons. I think are. Marginal upgrades. I mean, there are upgrades over Jakob Silverberg, more consistent guys who are more likely to hit 25, 30 goals. So you would have to include Silverberg and then, you know, a pick or a prospect or something like that. I think that's the only way you make it work. All right. I have a real quick question. Uh, me and Pat say Jakob and you say Jakob. Is there a yeah. right pronunciation? Probably not the way are I'm you... doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to check. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're super when it comes to pronunciations. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the same way. Uh, Skinner, it's like um, you're not getting much. So what could we give up? It have to be less, and whatever we want to give up, I doubt they'd want to take. Um, and the only way you can maybe get that is if you give them a little bit less as far as a player in return, and then kind of make a draft pick a possibility, but a conditional one, depending on if we resign them. Uh, same thing. I try to think with uh, Wayne Simmons is, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get him. You know, we're, we're not rentals. You know, we we don't pick up rental guys. So it's someone that is is gotta have a 
um, a want to play here. Simmons might because he did play with L.A., so there's a chance that, you know, he likes Southern California, kind of wants to, to be here if that's a possibility. But where are the Ducks next year as far as who they can sign and for how much? And does that work out in Simmons' favor? So uh, it's, it's a little rough on both of those trades because uh, the salary cap. Yeah, and they just, it's just getting older at that point, too. Yeah. So yeah. You can't, I don't think they can make a, a move on either one of those guys. They're nice pieces if you can bring them in as a rental and not have to give up the world. But that, I just don't see Bob Murray making that move. Uh, Chase also says, should Murray give chances to some of the young prospects? Absolutely should. Um, instead of bringing in a bunch of guys who are going to float between the AHL and NHL, they maybe bring up guys after a little bit of AHL seasoning. I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Steele or Max Jones get a crack at the, I mean. I don't think they're going to make the opening night lineup just because that's not Bob Murray's way or Randy Carlisle's way. They always like to make you earn your minutes. No. So unless you're a Connor McDavid-esque kind of player, Austin who? Matthews. I'm, sorry, who? Oh, was, I'm letting I'm letting the Jesus drop off because uh, he's no longer that guy. Anymore. No I just feel like they're not going to let him make the roster. It's just going to be they're going to go to the HL, earn their keep, maybe play 20, 25 games, and then get a call up or, and start playing a little bit here and there. I'd be shocked to see him make the opening that one. No, I think there's less spots now when you really look at the fact that they brought in Gibbons and Rowney. Um, I think there's maybe one spot now for them to get in because you've, you've, you've got Perry, Getzloff, Kessler, Henry, Raquel, Silverberg, Cogliano, Eves, and then Kasha. Ooh. So, I, I mean, though that's essentially right there. That's your top nine. So I think the only guy who could maybe fit in there is Troy Terry. I think that's the one that kind of makes the most sense. Made a, played a couple of games at the end of last year. The more experienced of, of the entire bunch that is coming in. So I, I think he could kind of go in on that third line. And, and then you've just got Rowney, Gibbons, and Richie maybe to, to you know solidify that fourth line. There's less spots. And I, I agree with you. I, I'd rather see... Uh, Steele and Jones and Mahura play some time with the goals at least to start see how they do it. Of course, if they do great, they call them up eventually. Yeah, me and Pat were able to go to the development camp uh, for the Ducks, and uh, I think Max Jones ended up getting hurt or something like that, so he wasn't uh, someone that played in the actual game. But we got to see a little bit of Sam Steele and got to see uh, Troy Terry. And Troy Terry, to me, look ready for that jump i mean he was he was out there the, the puck stayed on his stick i mean like bad hard passes or anything like that it just stayed on his stick he knew what to do with it where to put it and what area to go to i think he scored one of the goals he assisted on the other one uh so i mean he, he did a very good job in in that i feel like he's that next step and could probably fill in uh you know of course we didn't see max jones but sam Steele didn't you know really impress me uh, watching that, he was around, he was quicker, and you know, he was one of those guys that were there. But Troy Terry really, to me, seems like he's he's that next step up. He's the first one as far as forwards go to make that jump from, uh, you know, the uh, up into the uh, the Ducks main lineup. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, that's I would agree with you, man. Troy Terry's the guy that's going to come up. He was absolutely noticeable Super and dominated noticeable. that death camp, which he should. Yeah. He should dominate that, right? I mean, yeah. he's he's the guy that's uh, been been noticeable as a prospect. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on that, Eddie? You, I mean, you think you think Terry's ready? We only saw him in one game, and he got hurt, right, at the end of last it's, season. I mean, it's tough. I mean, with like talking about Sam Steele at the at the development camp. I mean, it's one game too, right? So a yeah, guy could have an off game. It's such a small sample size. So I mean, it's great. You want to see them do well, and it, it's against fellow prospects, so. You know the top guy should do well. A guy like Troy Terry should do well in that 
in that type of setting. I think he's the most likely one, like I said, because he played a couple games last year. He's a year older than, than all those guys coming up. Um, I think he's ready. I, I think he's at least earned a shot to, to play. I'm surprised he didn't play more when he got called up and, and signed his deal last year. I mean, we we talked about it on the post game show how he should be playing uh, those last few games of the regular season. How maybe he should have gotten a shot in, in games three or four in the playoffs just because things were going so so bad for the Ducks. So I, I think he fits in unless they do something. Uh, I mean, I think he fits right now barely into the top nine. If you're gonna Put Nick Ritchie down in the fourth with Gibbons and Rowney and whoever you decide to put down there. I think he could work really well on, on maybe a line with Henrik and Perry or maybe with Henrik and Cashin, see how he does there. I think that was the line he was on when he played, I think, was with Henrik and Cash. He took Ritchie's spot there and he, and he played pretty well in the, the small sample size we saw. So I, I'm excited to see how he does. I still have my reservations uh, about what type of player he's going to be. But uh, at this point, I'd rather see how he does. And if he, you know, if he does well, then you, you don't have to make an addition. And if he doesn't, then maybe you can do something closer to the trade deadline. Yeah, and just to kind of uh, finish up with uh, Troy Terry there, I thought he did a really uh, uh, good job not only in developing cap, but uh, the one thing that I did notice that seemed to kind of push him out was uh, the physical side of things when he did play those couple of games for Anaheim. He seemed to he get pushed around a little bit. Uh, but it kind of falls into at least that little bit of mantra that Bob Murray has, younger, quicker. And so, you know, he's had the offseason to get a little bit better, hopefully a little bit stronger, and at least we saw a little bit of that in the development camp. So we hope that he's kind of at that next stage to hopefully jump in there uh, and really kind of impact the Ducks, hopefully. He's a small guy. He's 5'11", buck 61 on cap friendly, so he's not a big dude. Yeah, but, I mean, that's the new NHL. It's, it's smaller, quicker, and uh, he's still young enough that he's got to grow into that, that NHL body. <laughs> <laughs> so, Derek, the last question of the day for us, obviously because we're not live, we'll have to get to that. It's, I love being live when we do live shows. Jay, you'll love it, too, because people just pop in all the time. That'd be cool. But uh, when do you think the third jersey reveal will happen, and do you expect it to see it opening night? Uh, because it's the 25-year anniversary, we already know the Ducks logo on the ice is going to change. They're going to have a patch, uh, most likely, with a 25 insurance on their helmets. Oh, okay. um, it's going to happen. They've got to reveal the jersey, I feel like, before opening night. They usually Re- do. Whether or not they wear it opening night, I don't know. Uh, the Ducks are yeah. weird. Uh, they, <laughs> they, just, are. they just don't do things by the book. I mean, we saw... Everything's uh, a secret, too. Yeah, they try to get everything <laughs> a secret. They want no one to know anything about them. It's like, dude, nobody already knows anything about you anyway because you're in a, in a small market that no one cares about. Wouldn't it be typical for them to something. just like wear it on opening night and not, and not lose anything? Funny. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> or do it in warm-ups and then yeah. not wear it for the game. And then they're yeah. not <laughs> Or they wear the normal one, and then uh, Wild Wing walks around with a new one. Oh yeah, this is it, by the way. Yeah, we only have one. Uh, <laughs> we have one. I think it's ticketed for opening night. I mean, if it if the rumors are true you. and it's the old logo, and they're playing the Red Wings, and they set all that up, and they like they had to set it up through the Red Wings to make sure they were okay with them coming to play uh, in Anaheim to start their season. I'm like it kind of makes sense that they would do the the retro type jersey on opening night and that'd be the third jerseys but i they have to release it before then like i know it'd be typical ducks for them to just wait and release it that day but come on it'll it'll, i would think it's gotta leak out before they even if they didn't want it to it would leak out before 
yeah, it, it, I, I want to see it before October. I mean, that's that's a long wait, and, and I mean, you got to get some kind of marketing out there to, so that people can see it and want to buy it and, and get ready for that game. I don't think you you, you can't wait to the, the first night and, and yeah, the, just kind of show it to everybody. And the way the free agency's gone, we got to start stirring up some sort of positive vibes here for the fans. <laughs> hey, you may not know anyone we signed, but buy their jersey; it's new. They need to do it, man. They have to put it out. If they don't, it's going to be really disappointing. Everyone's been talking about it. So what do you guys think? Do you think it's – is they're playing the Red Wings on opening night uh, or opening uh, opening home game for the Ducks? Um, do you think they're going to lose 7-2 to two like they did 25 years ago? Not so, against uh, that Detroit team. Uh, you mean Thomas Manick and Mike Green? Don't scare you. Yeah. No, I think we'll have uh, hopefully a better outcome, I would assume so. Uh, we'll kind of see where everyone uh, – is at uh, health-wise and who's on there. But uh, I'm positive that Eves is coming back. Uh, there's no significant off-season surgeries. The only question mark really is Kessler. So as long as everyone else is kind of there, I think uh, the Ducks are in a better spot to beat Detroit than they were when they were owned by Disney. Yeah, so let's hope we see those jerseys here on opening night. But uh, that's it for us. We're going to go ahead and go to the interview with Blake McLaughlin. And Jack Perbix, the Ducks' third and fourth round picks from this season. So let's just sign off here, guys, and uh, let everyone enjoy. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And we'll see you guys hopefully probably the end of the month once Montour gets that contract and we start seeing some RFA signings come in. We'll then be the next Trevor Mighty. But for now on, just enjoy the interview with, uh, sorry to say the names, with Blake and Jack. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. All right. So we've got Jack Perbix and Blake McLaughlin joining the show. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Great. Thanks for having us. <laughs> no sure. problem. So, uh, yeah, we were just talking about the Dodgers game. Obviously, you guys went to the game today. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys about uh, if you had a Dodger dog. I did not, no. <laughs> a Dodger dog. Did you have one? I, I actually did. <laughs> yeah. We got tickets where we got free hot dogs and popcorn and nachos, so I took full advantage of that. <laughs> is, it as, is it as good as they say it is? Because uh, I don't think it is. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to agree with you. I was expecting a little more, but I was hungry, so I, I ate it. <laughs> awesome. All right, so it's it's the first development camp for both of you. Uh, I mean, obviously, you guys, like I said today, been out to the Dodger game and enjoying California. How's the experience been for you guys so far? Pretty surreal. Yeah, it's very warm here. <laughs> is it the first time out to? Yeah, is it the first time out to California for both of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely different walking out and seeing palm trees rather than a a nice woods. Yeah, <laughs> woods. Yeah, it's different right. out here. Oh, cool. So, so you guys have uh, obviously been doing the uh, development camp, um, and for those obviously of us who uh, don't get to enjoy that luxury, uh, have you guys actually met any of the current roster players uh, on the Ducks? Have anyone come in and uh, talk to you guys or give you a pep talk or something like that? Um, no, not. I haven't yet. Um, there's been a couple guys working out when we're practicing, but. They haven't really talked to us. They're kind of just in to do their workouts, and then they get out of there pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw that uh, Scotty was in there today. Did you guys get a chance to work with him any, or was he just kind of working with uh, a lot of the D guys? Yeah, we 
He's a great guy. We got to work with him. We're forward, so he didn't work with us as much. But we had a couple drills with a forward, played his D, and you know, I'm not. That's not my specialty. <laughs> so he had to help me out a help me out a little bit on that. But yeah, it was that was great. Yeah, you're not getting the defense too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I mean, uh, your first time in California, you guys are kind of from uh, the Midwest, and I've got family back from the Midwest, and I got a real sticking point with them. Uh, They they say they go to the beach when they are actually going to the lake. I just got to know, do you guys call it the beach when you guys go to a lake? Um, Like, it depends. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, like, if we're going, like, the big thing where I'm from is uh, Zorba's. That's, like, on our lake, and that's, like, the big hot spot. It's got, like, beach volleyball, and it's got, like, uh, bean bags. Some people call it cornholes. I still don't know why. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh it's it's awesome out here. I, I, uh, ever since I went to Ohio, I came back, and I was telling him about cornhole, and the looks I got, uh, that was 10 years ago. I got looks about calling it that. Cornhole is <laughs> The funnest game ever. It's so good. But it's beanbags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's beanbags. But... So, anyways, yeah. Um, I would call Zorba's. I, if I went to Zorba's, it'd be the beach. Otherwise, if I'm just going to go hang out on the lake, I'd say I'm going to the lake. Oh, uh, no, I can't stand yeah. it because yeah, if there's no waves, if, if it's not connected to where a whale can get in, I just I can't call it a beach. <laughs> I mean, if a if, it, if there's freshwater whales, I mean, maybe it could be <laughs> 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 I don't swim in the ocean because of sharks. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we dug up an old interview. Um, I think it was yeah of yours, Blake, with an Ivan Halinka interview you had, where they asked you what you'd be doing if you weren't playing hockey. Do you remember what you what you said to them? Yeah, I said I'd move to California and be a surfer. <laughs> so yeah, you've at least now you know you're in the Ducks organization, you're down in SoCal. You've kind of got that backup option now. You can you can at least pursue being a surfer in California. <laughs> oh, for sure. If I ever come out here and actually get a chance to play in either San Diego or Anaheim, I will for sure on an off day be on the beach surfing all day. <laughs> I'll be in the air conditioning inside my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so you guys were roommates at, at the combine. That was that correct? Yeah. Yep. Did you guys meet before so, that, or was that like? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys meet before that, or was that the first time that you you guys actually met? I I I grew up in Elk River, so I played with them until I was about twelve. Okay. Yeah. yeah we, oh, really? we were line mates, and we were really young. Yeah. I was <laughs> still for sure better than them. That is all. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's funny how that works out because, like you said, you guys are from from the same area in Minnesota and Elk River, and then you guys are, end up being roommates at the combine, and now you're part of the same organization in the NHL. Uh, I, I mean, just kind of a crazy story being around each other, kind of for your entire career and now into your professional career. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We were best buds until we were twelve, then we hated each other until probably <laughs> yeah until. <laughs> about a year ago and then now we're great buds again kind of a roller coaster yeah I I don't like you that much but (laughs) hey we did we did talk about living together if we ever signed pro together 
we're thinking about living together, but I don't know if I can put up with them too much. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a mess. <laughs> well, well, it sounds it sounds like you guys are uh, are having uh, a good time out here, and at least uh, you know you have some sort of history and some camaraderie there. Um, but I mean, as far as the the draft day happening, uh, you know, as much as you guys have in common, I feel that it, uh, it was uh, pretty different. Uh, Jack, I heard uh, you were actually on a golf course when you were drafted. I was. Yeah, yeah I was on the. Fifth tee with my girlfriend, my brother, and my cousin, and I got the call. So yeah, I was really excited to. No. <laughs> was it putt putt or miniature golf or an actual golf course? It was an actual golf course. <laughs> I didn't do much golfing after that, but I wasn't too excited. Playing well, anyways. So it was all right. It was a highlight of that day. Oh, definitely. <laughs> And you said your brother was there, right? And obviously, he was drafted by Tampa Bay uh, last year. Was it was it easier having him around? You know, having somebody already gone through that experience, kind of helping you through the process. I mean, kind of. Like he was, he was. He didn't know whether he was going to get drafted or not. Yeah, he was well, but I didn't really like. He didn't, or say like look into it that much. But yeah, he's helped me along the way. All right, cool. Uh, so, Blake, uh, where were you when you were drafted? Uh, were, you, uh, were you were you surfing? Were you were you kind of golfing? What were you doing? No, I actually I actually went to Dallas. He was he's good enough where he knows. Oh, nah. yeah. <laughs> not even close. Uh. <laughs> no, I, I went to Dallas. It was really cool. Um, I'd say like. It was very stressful, but it was really cool once your name gets called. It's just stressful leading up to that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how was that experience then? Because like you said, it was stressful waiting for your name to be called. But when you actually hear it and you get to go up behind the scenes and put the jersey on and talk to some of the staff, how's that experience after the fact? It's really cool. Like, when you get your name called and you kind of have to take off your suit coat, walk downstairs, and then throw on the jersey for the first time, like, I mean, you always kind of throw on a different NHL jersey when you go out to the pond. So, like, actually throwing on one that actually means something, I would say that's really special. And then once you get to meet all, like, the guys at the table, and then you go in the back room and do some of the social media stuff, and then you do some of the signing and the pictures, it just really, like, kind of hits you then and there. And then that's when it gets really surreal for yourself. Cool. Uh, oh, so Jack, uh, so you're committed to uh, Notre Dame next year? Yeah, it's a really bad school. No, no, no. <laughs> never heard of it. Uh, that is correct. I gotta, I'm gonna finish my senior year of high school out at Green Bay, and then I'm gonna be attending Notre Dame. Oh, that's cute. You're still a senior. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. You get to go to prom still and all that fun stuff. Oh, you get to go to prom. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> All right, cool. And then, and then, Blake, you're you're committed to uh, uh, University of Minnesota, right? Are you planning to go there next? Yeah, year? yeah. Um, I moved in a couple er, last month, so I'm kind of starting the college process now, which has been really fun. Sweet. And then your birthday's on uh, Valentine's Day. Got any special plans? <laughs> um. Not too much special plans. <laughs> your girlfriend out or anything. Well, I do have a girlfriend, but oh, what's nice about that though is I don't have to. It's 
It's usually like I can just get her a smaller gift. Yeah. Like, yeah. Valentine's is more for me. So, like I don't have to worry about that date as much. You got the nice birthday excuse to, to go off. Oh, it's so it's so good. It's like it's like, babe, I get you something, but you know, it's my birthday. Yeah, it's my birthday, so it's my day. It's my day. My day. Yeah. Awesome. I got a question about you. I mean, you guys are growing up playing uh, high school in in Minnesota and playing throughout the the U.S. What was kind of appealing about the NCAA route over maybe playing junior in Canada or staying in the USHL? Um, for me, it was more family history. Um, I had an uncle that played there, and what was cool about that is he played with my stepdad there, and then my stepdad ended up having a really good career at Minnesota. I think he's like fifth time All Points leader at Minnesota. So, like, that helps, and then, so my brother went there, and he always expressed, like, he always had his college buddies up for the 4th of July and stuff, and, like, seeing that bond and seeing, like, he, like, today he was at a wedding in Nashville with um, one of his college uh, teammates, so, like, I think, like, the bond in college is really special, and that's what kind of drove me to go to college. Yeah, my dad was a, a stud at Gustavus Adolfo. <laughs> 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 Yeah, he was a big defenseman for that team. But, no, going the NCAA route was – my mom's a teacher, so there uh, wasn't really a question going out to, like, a major junior program. I've always wanted to get the education. And, you know, if hockey doesn't work out, you got to always have a back, backup plan. And so I just thought that would be best for me is – well, Blake's got surfing, so so you've got to you got to go to school and get a different route. So yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, tomorrow is kind of the last day of development camp, and uh, that's the one that's kind of open a little bit to the uh, Ducks fans, including uh, myself. I will be there. Uh, you guys kind of excited to meet a lot of the Ducks fans tomorrow? Yeah, I think it will be cool to see like the atmosphere. Perbix was actually showing me some pictures from like uh, like just like the previous years of like the development camp and how many people are there. So like it looks really cool to play in that game and then to like meet some of the fans is going to be really cool and just to kind of get your face out there and like get like well known in the organization as much as possible as a young guy. I think that'll be really good for both of us. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, especially being able to see. You know, me and Blake maybe drop the gloves, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah, it should be a fun one. <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys end up fighting, I'll buy you each a uh, an applesauce <laughs> thing. So that you, because you guys Actually? can't drink, right? <laughs> Wait, what? Apple juice. Yeah. Apple juice. Sorry. <laughs> Apple, oh, yeah, apples, that's, apple uh, juice. <laughs> showing like guys some apple yeah. juices yeah, after. Yeah, you're tiny. <laughs> you weigh like one sixty. One fifty seven but he's measured. He weighs one fifty seven. What are you? I could step on him. Dude, you would have like eleven pounds, you're not gonna be able to move. Oh, <laughs> I'm quick. <laughs> I'm quick. You're quick. Oh, God. All right. Well, whoever eats the most Dodger dogs wins. I won. Yeah. <laughs> it's, already, it's already won. He's got one and all. He loves Krispy Kreme donuts. I'll tell you. Oh, that. they're the best, aren't they? You can't get enough of them. <laughs> yeah. What about In and Out? What? 
Yeah. What did you guys feel in and out? That. I I've been to In and Out a few times. I think it's really good. And the best part about it is like when you go to McDonald's, you know how you get like the dollar burgers that just are terrible burgers for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. If you go to In and Out, it's just like I mean, like yeah, it's debatable at McDonald's, but I mean, for my opinion, I just don't like like <laughs> McDonald's burgers. I think they're disgusting. Well, but, they're um, they're a major like, sponsor of our show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. No, I think we'd be doing pretty well if we had McDonald's as a major sponsor. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I still have yet to go to In-N-Out. No, In-N-Out is amazing, I think. I went to Krispy Kreme for my first time yesterday, and it went pretty well. <laughs> yeah, you got to get there when, when it says, like, uh, fresh fresh and hot or whatever it is and then that's when they're oh. like just out oh it it, it melts <laughs> yeah yeah their glazed donuts are ridiculously good <laughs> it's crack <laughs> <laughs> are you guys sticking around any bit uh after tomorrow you guys heading out right away well my flight on monday so yeah. If you want to catch me, I'll be at Disneyland later tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll quick be on a plane at, going home. Yeah, a quick stop at Krispy Kreme and then off to Disneyland. <laughs> yes, definitely. You'll see me probably on the Ferris wheel. I don't know yet. <laughs> well, you better sign a contract quick. Disneyland's not cheap. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better have some mama's money. <laughs> it's a small fortune to enjoy yourself and those churros they have. Yeah. All right. Well, perfect, guys. Thank you so much for for taking some time out of your day and coming on here and and I mean talking everything about development camp, uh, moving across to like, Krispy Kreme, hockey back in, in Minnesota. So thanks for taking your time out and good luck tomorrow in, in the scrimmage. Uh, thank you. Appreciate thank you it. For having us. Uh-huh. Bye, no guys. Worries. No worries, guys. Take care.